Uh, what's going on? Welcome to Kennell and Bell on this Thursday. Big day around these parts here at the office. Okay. CBS Sports HQ headquarters. We have a fantasy football telethon. How's that work? What is, what is so from 12 o'clock to uh-huh. 6 o'clock, we got all kind of like Will Brinson, who we usually have Skype, Pete Prisco, yeah. all these guys. They're a Jamie Eisenberg, who's yeah. always here. But Brian Wilson. All these dudes. All them dudes. We got all of them here in-house. Yeah. 12 to 6, they're going to have multiple stages set up. They're going to use this room. They have a um, phone bank okay. because it is a fundraiser. Right. So people can essentially call in and ask maybe me. We got all kind of uh, NFL stars, too. Uh, they're going to join us as well. Uh, guys like Dwayne Bowe yeah. is going to be here. Uh, Matt Forte. A bunch of NFL guys yeah. are experts. People can call in. The number is 833-FFT-LIVE, 833-338-5843. From 12 o'clock, from 12 noon to 6 p.m. If you want to watch it, you can watch on CBSSports.com. You can watch on Twitter, Facebook, Amazon, Roku, or Apple TV. You can go online and donate, but basically just watch because it is going to be. So there was a theme last year. They were all dressed up like in a, like a black tie event. Yeah. This year, I kind of like it. It's an 80s theme. Sure. So you got dudes dressed like Don Johnson from Miami Vice. Oh, yeah. You know, you got some some different looks. I saw Will Brinson. I don't know what he was going for. If it was like Tom Selleck or whatever it was, but he got the bow nose kicks. Okay, the old school bow sure. nose, like the real ones there. Um, all kind of ideas. Do you have any guesses? My outfit is only halfway there. Right. I don't really have the complete ensemble. There's only so, one thing you got going on there with an Adidas three stripe track jacket. What? It's 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 Run DMC, bro. Yeah, there you go. So I got so I actually uh, Liz, our girl, helped me out. Yeah, she's got me a lid coming. Oh, word. We looked all over for Kango. Like I went to the mall yesterday, spent two hours like looking at all these stores, couldn't get the cold get the bucket hat. I used to have one, so I'm t- I couldn't find it. She went to like a thrift store, found a pretty sweet one, and some big old rim glasses. Hit me up. You got one? We had an 80s theme. Party oh, I no. set it off in the exact same look. Oh. I got all the gear. She's got me a big gold rope chain yeah. around, around the outside. So yeah. it'll be fun. So make sure you check that out. Uh, 12 o'clock to 6 p.m. right here on CBS Sports HQ. You can watch CBSSports.com. Should be a ton of fun. And you get a lot of fantasy info. We got the best guys in the business around here for sure. Oh, memorabilia. All the stuff. Check it out. Um, PGA Tour Championship starts today. Uh, yeah, I'm with you, man. Uh, and I don't... There's just something about here. All right. Would no, it do anything for you nope. if nope. Tiger was in it? Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yes, it, would. it would. It would. Last year, obviously, it had a lot of emotion to it. He wins the event. Right. He wins the tournament. Doesn't win the FedEx Cup. I didn't realize. I always thought ten million was the number. Ten million was the number. I didn't realize, and I, of course, I just haven't been paying attention because I don't think it it resonates that much. It's up to fifteen mil. Is it really? So the FedEx winning the Cup, FedEx Cup. Yes. Yep. Which Justin Thomas. This is what I don't like about it. I just think it's corny to start with numbers on the board already. So Justin Thomas starts at 10 under. Okay. Patrick Cantlay will be at 8 under. Even though they haven't... Now, they've done things all year long. Is this new? No, they've always done it like this. But this is why I don't think it gets traction. It's confusing to follow. So they go according to the FedEx Cup points leaders, right? They have right. the points. Pa- uh, Cantlay is in second. Brooks Kepka is at 7 under. Patrick Reed is at 6 under. So this is where they start on the leaderboard with the numbers up there like that. I don't remember it. I, rem- I know coming into an event that, like, let's say Brooks Kepka, for instance, would have to be in the top. 30. Or yes. Whatever. Like, yep. I knew that, but I didn't know they actually start with numbers on yeah. the board. I just don't like it. To me, it seems beneath them. Like, when I think of numbers, like, I think of pickup hoops when you're playing one-on-one with somebody, say, I'll spot you five. Yeah, you know, like, good luck. It yeah. feels to me like that. Right. I don't know. I, I think NASCAR does something similar where you might get a time advantage. 
I just, I don't know, it seems kind of corny to me. But 30 guys make that run. And the other thing I don't like, Justin Thomas could end up winning the the trophy and not winning the FedEx, like last year. Right. You'll have a player that could win this tournament. Maybe one of the back guys comes up and wins the tournament. And not win the points. And Justin Thomas could walk away with a $15 million check. Even though he didn't win, it's just confusing to a lot of people. So, I don't know. It's not my favorite playoff system that's out there. And golf's trying to do different things um, to, to generate some buzz. It just, to me, it seems like it falls short a little bit. Uh, moving on to the NFL. Busy, busy preseason for a lot of guys trying to get Neil new deals done. Yeah. Zeke, we've talked a lot about. Melvin Gordon has kind of just been quiet we, you know, because his owner's not out there giving interviews every day right. like Jerry Jones does. But according to Ian Rappaport... He has reported that it is not going well. The contract talks are coming to a standstill and that Melvin Gordon most likely will hold out into the season. I, I know. I hate seeing this. See, I, And again, this is not about players versus owners. When I, I want all these guys to get paid. And if they think they can get it done and if holding out gets it done, good for you. Do it if you have to do it. I just don't think Melvin Gordon has that much leverage. And I don't want to see a player like Le'Veon Bell last year miss an entire season of earnings because he's getting bad advice or somebody's in his ear telling him, well, you got to sit out, you got to sit out. Ultimately, I think he might come either limping back to the table like, okay, well, what do you guys want to do? Or after you start missing significant paychecks, then you'll say, well, I want to come back now. And you still, you missed some paychecks. Like, so you're right. cutting yourself short. I just don't think he has that much leverage either. Uh, yeah, I don't. You know, he's not in the same class of running back. I mean, with all due respect to Melvin Gordon, as an Ezekiel Elliott, or even at the time a Le'Veon Bell, right? Even yeah. we haven't seen him in a while. So put him in like top seven. Yeah, eight yeah. Running backs, like he's a good running back. But you start to you, there. There are lines of uh, 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 that you draw within that top ten yep. uh, running backs in yep. different categories that they become in uh, that you would put some of them in versus others, and then. You know, I looked at his career earnings, and like I'm not counting another dude's money. Like I don't get into that, but it's only made roughly 11 million so far. Right. And you know, like I know, like you got expenses, you got mouths to feed, you got you got agent to pay. California, to pay, you live in California. <laughs> Dog, I wouldn't start giving up checks. That's just personally, like this is one of those situations where I'm always pro player. Leverage your your position, make the most that you can make out of it. I don't know that you have that strong of a leverageable position, and you haven't put away enough to be giving back checks. You don't ever get that money back. No, you don't ever get that money back. No, never get it back. Um, I don't think he has as much leverage as Zeke either. And uh, his contract's coming up sooner, so I think he actually has more of a leg to stand on. Where I'm more understanding, Zeke does have two more years left on his rookie deal. Even though I think you know, go ahead, do what you have to do. Yeah, but Zeke, but Zeke, Zeke is playing with Dak Prescott. Exactly. Uh, this guy's got Philip Hall Rivers of Famer. And, yeah, I mean, and they're not going to be as desperate. They're right. not going to be as concerned. Correct. I guarantee you, the back and forth between Jerry and Zeke. Uh, is all playing out in public, but I guarantee there's a piece of Jerry Jones that he's not letting on. That's, uh-oh, I, I hope we can get this done without Zeke. Or he's probably in his back of his mind thinking, oh, we're going to get this done because we right. can't do, we can't do, you know, football without, without Zeke. Um, Jerry actually did weigh in on some of the extensions that took place because he didn't pay Zeke. He actually played linebacker Jalen Smith. It was really cool. It's one of the better stories. Uh, Jalen Smith played in his bowl game when he was at Notre Dame against Ohio State in the Fiesta Bowl. Gets hurt. It's a gruesome injury. And he was like exhibit A for everybody that says don't play in the bowl sure. games. And it was really bad. Jerry got him at extreme value, letting him drop into the second round. And even then it was a risk. People were like, I don't know if he's going to walk again. Nerve damage. Yeah. All these question marks. He comes back last year, has the breakout season, and gets his big payday. So that was really cool to see from there. Jerry mentioned 
earlier about it, but no one was really paying attention. Have a listen to Jerry. Would it be better if we can get uh, one of the players done than to, and I'm not being trite, than to not have any done of the ones you're talking about? The answer is yes. What may surprise you is we might come up with one that you haven't been asking about. That might make the point of what I'm trying to make. Yeah, so that was him. Like, And I, no one really picked up on it. I mean, I'm sure locally some guys were like, maybe Jalen Smith. Right. But Jerry was trying to tell people, I'm about to give somebody else a contract, a guy who wants to buy in, and essentially take a team-friendly uh, deal where Jalen Smith probably is a lot happier to get the bigger payday with his injury history. You're comparing apples to oranges. Oh, exactly. But this is the genius of Jerry Jones. This is where I think he's genius. Whether you like it or not, he's a, he's a billionaire for a reason. He's a good negotiator. He's letting those guys know, hey, I want all you guys to take a little bit less and buy into the team. And he's giving you, all right, here's Jalen Smith buying into the team. Now I need you guys to do the same. <laughs> what are you I, looking around for? I'm looking at myself if I'm Ezekiel Elliott, and I'm clearly an apple. Yes. And then you just signed an orange. Yeah. We are not in the same category, bro. <laughs> this does not work without me. Right? We can plug another linebacker in, albeit maybe not as good as Jalen Smith. It's a great True. story. Yep. All right? Kudos. This don't work without me. Right. I'm not taking no damn discount. <laughs> so, obviously, this this will be interesting um, because you'll see, I guarantee you, Zeke, Dak, maybe call their agents right away as soon as they, hey, what does oh, this mean? Oh, the timing of this was fantastic. Exactly. Well, the timing was, I, I mean, I give you credit. The timing of this was, I give Jerry credit. Yep. Um, it was a statement. Yeah. A statement. Like, yeah. hey, hey, guys, look, yeah. look what I, look what I can do. Exactly. Like with one swift swoop of the pen, somebody's <laughs> just, made, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it was, it was fantastic, but yep. I'm still like, look, if I'm, I can't speak for Amari or or, or 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 Dak. I'm speaking for Ezekiel Elliott. Pay me. Exactly. That's that's all and that's what he's saying. That's what that's his attitude that has been. Uh Zeke thing has been contentious. Jerry was asked, remember the back and forth that Jerry had the joke and the reporter thought it was hilarious. Yeah. Zeke, who? And then Zeke's agent was upset about it. We got one more. It's, it's next round. It's like ping pong. Back and <laughs> right, forth. Right. Here's Jerry when he was asked about that. I've earned the right with Zeke to joke. Period. I've earned that. So, have you guys had any conversations since then at all? No, no. But let me be real clear about it. I've earned that right to joke. Jerry, how do you balance contract? any meaningful discussion with them about contracts? Again, I said no. I haven't talked with Z. Ooh, a little more serious tone. Nobody's yuck it up, and in that one, that's interesting, right? I don't. I, I, I have mixed emotions because. <laughs> Well, Jerry has had Zeke's back a lot. And I think that's exactly what he's alluding to. He's had his back a lot. Yep. If I'm if I'm the person that you're joking about, like it that's irrelevant. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. you you there's no right that you've earned with me. Like where I hear while Jerry might think he's earned the right to do that. Like as the person who you're joking about, like I might not feel that way. Do you know what I'm I, saying? So like I really am conflicted on this one because I get it. Is Zeke's been an issue. Like he's had his issues off field, and you supported him through all of that. Yep. I feel you. You feel like you've earned the right, right? Keep my name out your mouth. I'm telling you, this thing is. Keep my name out your mouth. This is so great. I said for this us. weeks ago, though. I was like, look, dog, this is gonna get. This is gonna like. It's, it's gonna, gonna build. Flow it's a few building, weeks, and then it's gonna start getting really dicey. Yep. And now it's getting personal, and it's gonna get more stressful. 
the closer we get to week one. Right. It's all fun and games when it's preseason and nobody's keeping score. Right. We are, but we aren't. Right. Uh, when it close getting close to the, pre, uh, to the regular season, that's when all of a sudden you see that serious face. You're going to see that a whole lot more uh, as we get closer to the regular season. He, he Joey, said he wanted to make himself clear. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Joey has a question on a rundown, and I want you to answer it for me because we've had this discussion a lot. Okay. Joey proposed, do you think player movement in the NBA is impacting the way players in the NFL are beginning to think about their situations? I do. I think, they're, I think they feel more empowered. I think they're looking for the ways uh, under the, the collectively bargained agreement that they can leverage their position, right? I think for a long time, ownership has kind of dictated in a lot of sports, and you feel like Kind of like, I'm happy to be here, man. I'm playing. They make you feel like that. I'm playing a kid's game for millions of dollars. That's the whole narrative, right? Yep. So to some degree, you feel like lucky to be doing that. And now guys are looking around like, damn that. Like, I'm a professional. I'm a businessman. I am, I am the, the, uh, the, the, the product. Like, and I've got a leverageable situation and I'm going to do that. So there's no question in my mind that basketball has affected, uh, football. But what else have I always said? NFL players are jealous of NBA players. They are looking at their situations and how much power those guys are wielding. Right. Um, forcing their way out of bad situations, demanding trades. Sure. But NFL players are delusional because they don't have the same power yet. The way the CBA is not guaranteed contracts. Um, there's just, it's a totally, it's apples and oranges. It is apples. (laughs) Yeah. So you can't, exactly. Look around. Oh, here's what I'll say to that though. The movement starts, right? Mm -hmm. These aren't even conversations that are had six years ago in the NFL, Danny, right? So, like in five years from then, which was one year ago, you like that math? Like, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. But when that happens, you're not at the the bargaining like sessions really talking about um, putting up a united front for guaranteed contracts or for um, some some player mobility, whatever that in whatever uh, uh, whatever that means to you. Do you know right. what I mean? Yeah. But now. Since the conversation is being had and you see guys doing it and they may be jealous of NBA guys, totally you'll are. have a faction of guys the next time around say, hey, hey yo, we, we got to do a better job with, with, like, you know, with our collective bargaining agreement this time. Like, there got to be some ways that players can have some, some leverage in these situations in NFL deals. So the jealousy may be where it starts for yeah. NFL guys all getting on the same page and trying to figure out how they can get some power back for them. I saw a story that didn't get much run whatsoever. Uh, probably because nobody took it very seriously. But I saw a story that the NFL running backs are trying to form their own Word. union, which is what they really need Word. to do. I don't know how serious it can be taken because then you're then you're kind of ticking off other NFL players that are in their union if you're trying to separate yourselves. There used to be a quarterback club, which I was actually a part of, and it was for starting quarterbacks in the NFL, and they had a separate marketing deal. Yeah, And the, it was very contentious that between contentious. those quarterbacks and the, union, and the players' union, and it was contentious. And it ended up disbanding because of that where that's that's the problem you know what the players union needs to do then and make more of a fight for the running back correct they need to step in and say hey you use Le'Veon bell more like a receiver than you do like a running back like he's used in a 50 50 scenario don't you dare try to franchise tag him under running back because he's not a running back he's a hybrid so let's create a new like if they get if they get support like that from their from their uh union Maybe maybe they don't have to go out there and, and exactly that's why and I think they will I think that'll be a big part of it. Uh, quickly before we uh, move on, I wanted on Kyler Murray because uh, Tom Pelissaro from the NFL Network had a report out that said Kyler Murray. It said after running the same quote six or seven plays oh, all preseason, <laughs> Kyler Murray had comments saying they're treating this more like a game week. Your son plays football. Yes. How many plays does he run? 
A lot more than six or seven, right? <laughs> I mean, because they do. And now I've always, we've referenced this. Yeah. Game plans are very vanilla. You don't do a whole lot uh, defensively or offensively. Yeah. Six or seven is like you're talking about bare bones. Like no wonder if they've looked of course, awful. Of course. You're um, look- I do wonder if there's a little, he's probably exaggerating a little bit, but the basic point is they've looked bad because Cliff Kingsbury, and I think this is a smart move, doesn't want to show people what they're going to do. Right. No one knows. He's got this air raid system that he's going to adapt, I'm sure, for the NFL. So in it, people have been saying, oh, man, this could be a disaster. Look, it's already looked bad. And just like we get too excited or we criticize guys too much in the preseason, just kind of let it – even if they struggle in this third game where they're game planning more – I would still say you don't know what you're going to get with the Arizona Cardinals until it is game time in week one. I'll play devil's advocate with with um, that being a good idea for Cliff Kingsbury, right? For him mm-hmm. not to roll out anything. While I understand the logic behind it, give, right. them, give them nothing to look at. So it takes them four weeks to catch up to what we're doing in terms of watching film and so on and so forth. I got it. What if you roll it out there and it doesn't work at all? <laughs> right. Or, and you don't like, what, no, but what if, right. what if you got to be tweaking it up yes. because it's not working at the pro level and you got to go back to the drawing board and you haven't tested it in the preseason? Right. Like you that would I'd just be curious. Me devil's advocate with it. I'd be curious. We, uh, we should ask our research department, all thousands of them that work at our, at our <laughs> fingertips. But seriously, when Chip Kelly went to the Eagles. Yeah. His offense worked for two years. It yeah, really it did. did. I wonder in his first season if there were struggles and he didn't show much. I, th- I thought I remembered him doing a little bit more and showing people and saying, I don't care. Right. You know, you can figure it's going to take you a while to figure that it was out. His, that was his just like just looking at Chip and remembering the way he was. I think yeah. that was his mentality, right? Like, yeah. Give a damn. Yeah. Do what you will, but we're going to run it. There was a hilarious scene from Hard Knocks after the game because the Raiders were playing the Cardinals when the Cardinals looked awful. Yeah. And Antonio Brown was mic'd up, and he was giving a hug to Kyler Murray. And Kyler Murray's like, dang, man, why you guys blitz me every time? It was, it was pretty funny. <laughs> but it was great. It was a funny uh, back and forth right. between players on the field after a game. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast wherever you get your podcasts. All right, what's going on? Welcome back to Kennell and Bell College Football in swing this weekend, two games, Florida, Miami. Only Arizona, one Hawaii. real game. Oh yeah, yeah. Why you got to? Why you got to diss the Pac-12? We serve oh, all the country, man. That's what we do. I'm in my mind. <laughs> yes, you only are a cane. one real game. Well, you are kind of a cane, like yeah. most of their fans. You, don't, you never <laughs> went there, but it's all good. So uh, we got to break down some conferences. Big Twelve today. Who better than our guy Emery Hunt at F Ball Game Plan? Dude knows the game inside and out. Works as hard as anybody in the business. We haven't caught up. We caught him last week. It was kind of short. So pumped up to get him back on today. What's up, my man Emery? How we doing? Doing fine, man. It's always a pleasure to be on with two of hip hop's finest, Smoking Ice. (laughs) (laughs) That's not a bad name for a group. (laughs) Not bad. Not bad. Um, All right. So let's start (laughs) off. Oklahoma earlier this week, I mean, you call it a quarterback competition if you want to. Jalen Hurts named the starter officially, even though most people had him penciled in. I am extremely curious to hear your answer on this question specifically because I have big concerns about Jalen Hurts as the QB uh, for the Oklahoma Sooners. He's 12-1 to to win the Heisman Trophy. Do you see value? I love those eyes right there. That's tremendous value. When you look at 
the previous two quarterbacks, Baker Mayfield and um, Kyler Murray, one thing that they don't have that Jalen Hurts has, playoff winning experience. So you add that component with his ability to run the football like we see we saw with Kyler Murray, and I think he's improved as a passer. I think this offense will be just fine with Jalen Hurts, and we know the Heisman odds tend to favor guys that are winning, and we know Jalen Hurts does that exceptionally well. Okay, so let's talk about Oklahoma. They're the prohibitive favorite right now from Vegas, minus 140. Are you buying on Oklahoma uh, as, as a championship contending team this year? Absolutely, because they have the easiest way to the championship because they're playing in the Big 12. No slight to the Big 12, but Oklahoma doesn't rebuild. They reload, and they got a really good quarterback. In my opinion, it has that, that playoff experience that can push them through and get them to a championship game. So I, I am definitely buying those odds for the Sooners. All right, Emory, man. I don't... It's good to have you back on, but I am disagreeing with a lot that's coming out of your mouth. I have major – so Jalen Hurts is following back-to-back Heisman Trophy winners, first-round picks. He couldn't beat out Tua Tagovailoa. Why? Because he couldn't throw the ball downfield. He's going to be asked to do that. Major concerns for me from Oklahoma. My guy, and I'm curious to see where you're going to go on this one, Sam Ellinger. I think he's a right-handed Tim Tebow. Runs the ball physically. You know, he's not the best passer, but he kind of has a knack for getting it done. Same thing uh, you just said about Jalen Hurts, bro. No, but he can run. He's physical. He fits their system better. 20 to 1 odds for the Heisman. Do you like the value on this one? I think he's going to go no, Raj. <laughs> no, I, I like the value because two things that can still win you football games in football, period. Run game, defense. We know the running game will be there with Ellinger. And I think because of his ability to have that Tim Tebow-like effect, we saw it last year. Uh, when they got to the Big 12 championship game, when they got into the Sugar Bowl, it was because of Ellinger's ability to lead that football team that pushed them through. So I do feel as though they have a chance. They just have to get past Oklahoma. But I think if it came down to Ellinger and also Hurts, you got to go with a guy that has been there battle-tested in many games across the SEC, your favorite conference, Danny. And you have to love Jalen Hurts in that, in that matchup. Okay. All right. So talk to me about Texas OU then. Like if those two square up, they're the two favorites in the Big 12. Um, does Oklahoma or does Texas have the chops to to play with Oklahoma? They have the chops, but I think it will come down to which quarterback can you trust in clutch situations. I'm going with the guy that's battle tested. Had it not been for Deshaun Watson doing Deshaun Watson things, Hurst would have had his national championship already. And we saw him save the season last year in the SEC title game against Georgia. So I'm going with Hurts based off him being battle-tested multiple times over. It has primarily been offseason dominated by discussion, Big 12 media days, people making preseason predictions, Oklahoma or Texas. Uh, there are a lot of other teams that play in the Big 12. Any other team you could see possibly some value in? You got TCU, Gary Patterson had a rough year last year, but traditionally he's pretty strong. Iowa State, Matt Campbell's got that program kind of heading in the right direction. Who the heck knows what's going on with Mike Gundy at uh, Oklahoma State? Any other team besides those big two you would see some value in? I think you can jump right into the state of Kansas in both Kansas State and Kansas. What I like about Kansas State, they're getting Chris Kleiman, who has done fantastic things at North Dakota State. I think that tra uh, tradition will translate over to what you see at Kansas State. They're built the same way. They recruit the same players. I think he's going to have a seamless transition for the Wildcats. And Kansas, I think, is going to be underrated this year because of what they have retained on the staff. Tony Hall, the associate head coach for Kansas and the running backs coach, is one of the best recruiters in the country, one of the bright football minds that we have in college football. And it won't surprise me to see him be a future head coach down the line. 
Emery Baylor made a six-game uh, jump last season under Matt Rule in his first year there. People are calling him a sleeper, possibly in the Big Twelve. They're twenty to one to win it. Um, do you see some value there for Baylor, possibly? I love the the sleeper aspect of Baylor because I watched Matt Rule coach this Temple Owls team the last five seasons. I was doing some scouting at Temple, and their teams were tough nosed, good front uh, point of attack play. They can win with the running game. They get timely plays deep down the field. Their defense will be tough. So what we saw last year was just the foundation being laid for the Baylor Bears. I don't think they'll be in the top three of the conference, but they'll be enough to where they can be a flying ointment. So, Emery, I know you mentioned Kansas, Kansas State just a minute before, but Les Miles is tasked. I mean, it's been one of the worst programs in college football. Massive overhaul he's going to have to do to change a culture. They're 100-1 to to win the Big 12. Would you throw a flyer at them? I wouldn't throw a fly at him to win the Big 12 because that's just too much right there. It's still Kansas football. But yeah. I do love the, the talent of Puka Williams. Again, associate head coach Tony Hall. Keep an eye on him as a hot name, hot coaching candidate. Uh, again, he's bringing in the recruits. Les Miles is going to turn that program around as well. And I think we'll see Kansas swing back upwards in the Big 12. Not this year. Maybe two years from now, they'll be right where they need to be to make a run. Real quick, we uh, last thing we teased that we were Raj and I were just having some fun. We talked a lot about it. Florida, Miami. Will you have a lean in this game? Somebody you like? I'm leaning with the orange and blue in this game. Uh, <laughs> I, Raj, Raj, he doesn't like it. He said orange. He had me. I was ready to go, bro. Quite as kept Felipe Franks has played some solid ball the back end of, of last season. I'm excited to see if he can build on that this year. Awesome. Great stuff as always. Repping that red for the Raging Cajuns, man. Good talking to you. We'll talk to you next week, man. Absolutely, guys. Thank you. Good stuff. Emery Hunt, make sure you go check him out on Twitter. Really good information at F-Ball Game Plan. Uh, my man is always like, I'll, I'll be sitting there Saturday or Sunday with Twitter open. Yeah. I'll see him at some game. Like he's all, he's all, and not only, you know, top, like the division one program yeah. goes deep. And then on Sundays and NFL stuff, he's just all over the map, man. It's good stuff. And he always brings good information for us. So appreciate him coming on. I think we're going to do something every week. Like we did last year with picks. We'll have some fun there. Welcome back to Canel and bell. So, uh, basketball action. Yeah. We got Team USA getting ready for this FIBA World Cup. I didn't realize it's coming up soon, like in like a few days. days. Yeah, something like that next week. So Greg Popovich was asked about it yesterday. Mm-hmm. He said, I think Team Australia could be a problem, a major threat to Team USA. Absolutely. Maybe Team USA read his comments and was like, hold on a second, because they played this morning. Right. Scores a little bit deceiving because it looks like Team USA housed them, right? But at halftime, uh, it was 44-43, uh, so a one-point game at halftime. And then Team USA went five for six from three in the third quarter after really struggling from the three-point line in the first half. The score at the end of the third was 76-61. They started to pull away. Uh, Kemba Walker led the team uh, in scoring with 23, and he only had seven at the half. But it is interesting how many Boston Celtics are on this team. Yeah, it really like is Celtics a- training camp. Do you think this is good for the Celtics? Oh, I think it's fantastic. Like developing this, all this, just everything. Yeah. You know, chemistry off the floor, on the court, everything. Yeah, when you're introducing a guy like Kemba into the mix, who's going to be pretty ball dominant, he's going to be your alpha. To have him on the floor with Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, your two young rising stars uh, all uh, offseason with Team USA, it can't be anything positive. I asked Joey this. We were chatting before the show. Do you think anybody cares about the FIBA World Cup? Uh, you can be honest. Like even In NBA circles. No. That's why I think there's no one playing. They don't care. Like Olympic gold medal is something you can hang in your house. It's a you, thing. And it probably helps you get endorsements. Yeah, You're an thing. Olympian. Mm-hmm. Helps you into the like, Hall of Fame. Basketball. Hall oh, yeah. yeah like, yeah. I don't know. Does it seem like 
why do we do it then? Or, you know, I don't, well, I there's don't know. qualifying state. Like you have to meet a criteria to qualify for the Olympics. Um, right. So you got to check certain boxes. Right. You know what I mean? But to me, if I was an NBA guy, and that's why I totally understand when guys are like, no, I don't want to do well, it. Well, some of these guys would probably hope to play on the Olympic team. Right. So if you get in now, you that's the incentive. Show right. Yeah. For these guys, for sure. Pop likes you. He right. Finds, you know, right. Theoretically. Uh, uh, yesterday you know, we you had guys, some... you know who cares about the World Cup is, all the other countries other than Team USA. Correct. That's why today, I don't, a game them. like today really? actually being being down in the first half at one point and only being up by one at half, it's it, it's interesting because, Raja, you know, like it's, that Australia team, those guys have been playing together for a long time. Yes. They're likely not even showing what they're going to do in the FIBA World Cup. And this Team USA team, they're just thrown together. And you, uh, this would be a big thing for Australia. So. It's a really good point. Um a lot of these other countries, like this is this is their thing. Those guys go and make their money, but the pride in playing for country, like in winning World Cups, is what it's about. And so, to his point about Australia, um, I played in Spain the year I think Argentina might have, or Spain won the World Cup. One of them won the World Cup. The USA got beat. Yep. But I played in Spain with a bunch of the Argentinians, like Luis Scola was on my team, um, Andres Nocioni was on my team. All of these guys that played for the Argentinian team. And so I was talking to them about this World Cup process. They reported to camp late. Um, they had been playing together since they were 10 years old. Like coming to the United States and going to team camps at University of Miami, um, them, Manu Ginobili, uh, Pepe Sanchez, like all of these guys were, were with one goal in mind, which was to eventually try to win the gold in, in, in the Olympics and win, and win World Cup. So it means way more to them, um, most of the other countries in the world than it does to, to our, uh, to our basketball playing but it's, population. It's not, Good let me, point. Let me make sure I'm getting this perspective. It's not like the World Cup soccer. Like I, I'm sure I'm curious if you're in Australia. It, it, if you're in Australia at a sports bar, are what, there people cheering at a TV? No, like, soccer is a bigger game globally right. than basketball, right? right. So it doesn't. It but doesn't it does have mean the same, something. But it means a lot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And especially those players too. Uh, yesterday, I had a I had a really uh, fun conversation learning from you because uh, we've talked a lot about pickup hoops, open gym, yeah. the way guys train, and I love hearing right. about it. Just because you know you have perceptions of things, and there's nobody better to talk about it than you. And we obviously talked about Devin Booker getting or. doubled in this open, you know, this open gym game, yeah. and how it was, you know, uh, Noah was sitting there yelling like, "No, man!" Yeah. And I was surprised a lot of guys came to his defense. Yeah. You were saying, "No, it's basketball. We're competing. You know, if we're going to double somebody, well, no big deal." I said, "I see both sides of it because nobody wants to be doubled." At any time. Yeah. Like, right. It stinks. Especially so, in the summer. He had a lot more guys came to his defense. Uh, Trey Young was one of those uh, who came out in his defense. Uh, Trey Young said, D-Book, speaking facts, this is on Twitter, there should be no, capital no, double teaming and pickup 100. When you're trying to work on your game and work on the moves and things you do individually and pickup, it's annoying getting double teamed in that type of setting, just saying. Here's what? the well, only like, and we said this yesterday. What, what are you gonna if you're working on your game and you're Devin Booker? What are you gonna get during the NBA regular season? You're probably gonna see a lot of double teams, right? right? Like again, <laughs> the crying. Like if you guys cry, what what are the babies gonna do? I'll keep asking. Here's the deal. I don't believe Devin Booker. Look, there's situational um, elements in play here. If if you're gonna double team Devin Booker or Trey Young every time they catch the ball in a rec league game or a pickup game. That's obnoxious, right? Like, that, not every time they touch the ball. That's right, silly. Right. But if we're talking 10-10, we're playing yes, to 11, yes. and you got nine of the damn points, you don't think I'm double-teaming you? Right. You're crazy. Right. right? So, like, I, I'm not advocating or saying that it's cool to just, you know, double a guy every time he touches the ball. Like, he's not going to get any work in. 
he wants to try out his stuff and try to get in his bag a little bit. I support that. But at game point, last two points of the game, especially if you're carrying your team, what am I supposed to do? Just sit there and watch you torch the dude who's guarding you? Exactly. That was my whole point. So there was another layer to this. As Booker was out there, Gilbert Arenas chimed in. Joey, get Raja, because I really think Raja will appreciate this level of it. So Gilbert Arenas tweeted out, basically at book saying, if you want to be an all-star, this is the right mentality. If you want to be a superstar, it's not. And it was a long tweet. But then book responded basically like, I'm only responding to you because I respect you and this and that. And he said, when I was, and then he gave this whole story about when I was a kid, when I was 14, I was in the gym with my dad and 30 year olds were putting me on the block and they kept scoring on me. And I looked at my dad and he gave me a shrug and I've been playing pickup and blah, 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 blah. He's like, this is not how I want to spend my two, my nice Tuesday afternoon, but let's get in the gym sometime. But I, I would say to that, like, first of all, like Gilbert Arenas, um, his mentality in terms of you're going to be a pure scorer, I, there are very few that had the mentality that he has. That cat was about his buckets. So, you know, it is complimentary to some degree to be double teamed, right? Like right. saying you're doing something right, right? Like I'm, I'm, I'm the baddest cat out here if you got to double me. So there's something to be said for that. Um, when you're young, I won't let, I won't have anybody double, like if my son's getting torched on the block because he's a pup and I'm trying to teach him how to fend for himself. Like right. that's a different scenario than when you're already a pro and you're scoring nine out of your team's 11 points. <laughs> the last thing I will say is if you don't want to waste your Tuesday afternoon, and I don't know why I'm even in on, on Devin Booker because I don't really care, right. but dog, go play one-on-one. Like go work out with your trainer. Yeah. Go get your buddy. Ask him to guard you up. And roast his behind in a one-on-one game. And then we got no problems. But if you're going to hop out there in a competitive 5-on-5 where losers have to get off the court and you're cooking, somebody might throw a double team at you, bro, and that's life in the city. What else do you want me to say? Yeah. What you got, Joe? Well, and then there was another – KD also came out in in, in uh, support of Book. But then Igadala tweeted about oh, wow. KD and said, I remember when we were playing at practice and me and Dre – used to double team KD and he used to get hot, but we were trying to win. Yeah. I mean, look, I think, and again, I, I think a lot of this has to do almost situationally. Like what gym are you running at with which players and Joakim Noah, who was on the other team to me, seems like a guy who might be willing to do whatever it takes, even if it's a pickup game. Correct. And he might've been orchestrating that. Hey, go get out. Like he's been roasting us. Go help him. There are different types of players. There really are. Like, yeah. Some guys are in there to get the work in. Um, you know, I grew up in an NBA gym. Like, I grew up at University of Miami when I was, like, 14 years old. They started dropping me into the college games. And, like, it was Glenn Rice. It was P.J. Brown. It was, like, Ramil Robinson, Ronnie Cycli. Like, all of these dudes were around. So I grew up understanding the code of playing in NBA pickup games. And they don't want to be doubled. Like, college players don't really know that. Right. Because they're used to just doing whatever it takes to win. That's more of a pure game kind of, right? Most NBA dudes don't want they, – they want to play in, like, a tuxedo. Like, <laughs> yeah. Let me show you how good I am. Nobody interfere with this. Do you know what I mean? Right. Like, that's the mentality. So um, I learned early that that's not the way you approach it, right? But then, you know, as I got older, I became more of that competitive dude, like a joking. No, I don't want to lose. Right. I'm going to do what I have to do to win. So, again, I would never support, hey, guys, look, before we start. Right. Or we check game. Yeah. Every time D-Book touches it, right. we double him. Like that's, I don't that's, think that that's, was happening that no. game. But look, dog, if we get crunch time and you're cooking, <laughs> I might have to double you. That's just what it is. I got a couple follow-ups. I love this conversation. <laughs> um, 
like how does foul calling go? Because I mean, I, I just go back to like that was always the biggest when I was playing at the park. That was the biggest cause of arguments was dudes either calling it too tack, you know, too, yeah. too soft or whatever. What would you say overall? the foul calling is is it is it typically a little rougher game and you let things go or do they keep it pretty tight well because and i've said this before no one's really playing a lot of defense in those games right that's number one that 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 part of the reason d book gets so bent out of shape when someone doubles him because they ain't playing no damn d to begin with so when you get an extra defender you're like what what ain't nobody playing d what's up so to the foul question I don't think guys are really – guys are kind of letting each other – you know, you watch it. They're making their moves. No one's really challenging a shot at the rim. Right. They're just – you know, they're there to take Get what work. they worked on with their personal dude and put it into some live game type of 5-1-5 situations and see if any of what they're working on in the summer – they can they can uh will 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 translate into real game uh uh um weaponry for them you know what I mean yeah. or ammunition for them and so for that reason I don't think there's a lot of fouling going on in those games and it's all on your honor right like yeah. but you always get the one dude exactly that's you always, why I was, get, you always get the one dude the, even with the NBA guys even with the NBA guys you always get the one dude who if he misses a shot it was a foul right and you're like right. dude the tenor of this game isn't <laughs> yeah. that bro so come on. I had I, I never got into a fight in a football field, right? Yeah. I mean, I talked a lot of trash, but there was never never anything. I got in a couple fights in the basketball court, though, and a lot of it was because there were fouls. You got to stick up for yourself a little sure. bit more. And my dad would drop me off at the park like that, yeah. you know. Yeah. But, Go like, get it. My dad's driving a Mercedes like around the corner because I didn't want anybody to see. <laughs> you know, he's driving a rougher neighborhood, but it was really good for me. Sure. But this was not in that neighborhood. This was in a different neighborhood in our neighborhood. And there was a dude out there, and I'm curious if this ever happened with you. He was calling charges. Like, he was defensive. He like, taking a charge. And so I was like, if you're going to call him, I'm going to make sure you're going to get a charge. Correct. You know, so we – and it got a little physical there. Do charges ever get called? No, charges. Because guys aren't charges, wanted no. – they don't want to get in the way, no, right? charges don't get called. Yeah, if the guy's out there taking a charge in pickup games, then I got to get off the court. Like, I yeah, can't be in the exactly. game. Exactly. You're, you're going to hurt somebody. Exactly. Even though he might be trying – like, it just doesn't work. You're going to hurt somebody. You yeah. shouldn't be. But most of the fights I've gotten into on a basketball court are because of this code, right? Like, of – like, look, if I get the ball in the post, I'm coming out just to play and get this sweat, try to win the game, right? I'm not going to be, like, giving you elbows or trying to go through your chest because we're here to do right. – But if you're going to foul the hell out of me every time I get the ball and never say, hey, man, I fouled him, here, you take it. Right. Well, then I got I to gotta start coming through your chest. And that's the way you typically – that's the way I play. I just kind of read the situation – um, if it's going to be physical, I got to play physical. Usually, the guy that started being physical doesn't like to be being have have someone play physical against him, and then the next thing you know, you got to fight. Oh, I love it. Uh, it's been, I never so many heated. Like you see some brawls, dude. Oh yeah, straight ugly. Up. I mean, I was, yeah. a couple times like, all right, we're out of here. Some guy'd go to his car, and you're yep. like, where's he going? Yeah. What's he getting? <laughs> we're out of here. You know me. We talked a lot about Twitter, Instagram, the heat that yeah. I take on here. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Self inflicted pain sometimes, but. At the same time, I mean, I'm trying to do my job. I, I can dig that. I got three gotta beautiful girls. Yep. I got to put food on the table. Hey, bro, mortgage. I got to pay for golf lessons. Yeah. Swimming lessons. Yeah. You know, I feel like I'm humble most of the Gu- time. Gucci slip-ons. All of that. <laughs> yeah, They're every, all expenses. Every once in a while. Yes. So all I'm asking is for people to not yell at me. Okay. I think it's fair. I think right? Fair, I mean, that's yeah. just a simple thing. I'm just humble. How do you know they're yelling if it's on? Oh, well, like a... I'll let you decide. Okay. If you think they're yelling or not. <laughs> All right. So Joey has pulled some of these because I had some interesting comments on Baker. Okay. I don't think it was that crazy. To be I honest. thought you were fair. I did think I you thought were it was fair. fair. Very fair. Um. So what was that, Joey? Oh, so the graphic. This Now, this was our discussion, and this is what CBS <laughs> Sports pulled from it. Maybe it sounded a little well, that's harsher. that's why. I think this Browns team is going to implode this season. I was so high on the Browns. 
now I'm so down on them. I can't stand this team. Oh, well, there you All go. Right, so a little bit. Um, then I also had this one. And this one I don't think was in, uh, in, in ill will. Marino throws 6,000 yards. I'm not joking. He might throw 60 touchdowns. What's wrong with that? Uh, exactly. I do believe that, too. Right. It's not just out of the you know just out of nowhere. So these were on Instagram. People started you know, commenting. Uh-huh. You think if they were yelling or not. Okay. So what do we got? All right. That's... Yeah, it's understandable. Danny know. Cannell is an idiot. I don't know if that's yelling, but you say that kind of passively. Oh, so then people always, that's one they go, oh, Danny Cannell must think the earth is flat, too. Uh, you know. Is, that's a Baker. I mean, it's, it's Baker. Oh, yeah, exactly. That probably, probably is in regards a Baker to the fan. Cleveland thing. Okay. For sure. You might throw for 2,500 in this <laughs> era. I don't like when they get personal on my stats. A lot of people take to Wikipedia and start looking up my stats and yeah. throwing them in there. <laughs> uh, they might be right, though. Right. Um, is high. You always see that one. Danny Cannell is high. That one's a fair one. That's on life. Too brutal. On life, baby. <laughs> this guy. Also, I also think the Sun Belt is better than the SEC. I mean, now they're just making stuff up. Yeah, correct. You know? Never said that. Yeah, they're just making stuff up out of nowhere. Only real ones remember Danny Cannell and the choke it dope. That's my guy right there. He's not yelling at me. He's yelling with me. That's right. I love my man. RRC523. Yeah, good shout out for him. Well, if Danny Cannell abhors the Browns, then one can expect great things to happen about them this with this team. I, uh, I love that was funny. I actually texted Joey. I'm like, you know, after I said that, the Browns are going to win the Super Bowl. This Correct. Year, uh, for sure. And then these are my favorite. All right, now we're getting some yelling. Now here we go. Who the hell is Danny Cannell? M L M L M A O O O O. What a bum! Well, laughing. Exclamation point. Exactly. Yeah, that uh, is a yell. That's definitely a yell. I'm sorry. Who is Danny Cannell? Did he play ball? I don't recall ever seeing him on the field. You're taking a shot at me there. And he's probably younger. He probably never did see me. Dude. He probably never did. Yeah, real talk. Like, I, you put me in one of those references. I don't know if anybody can pick me out right now, right? Like, the th- you know the thing else. that bothers me, and we did have somebody who chimed in on me. I don't mind if you bring all – you can say whatever you want. I insult – I yes. get it. Like, it's fans. They're yeah. crazy. Although, Cleveland Browns fans, I didn't know they had it in them. They were bringing it. They are nasty. Oh, they Cleveland. Rabid. Bro, you, you, you said you, it yesterday. I never hey. – I see college football, Ohio State fans, Florida, whatever. But, man, Ohio State – uh, uh, Cleveland fans, oh, nuts! Those Ohio State fans are Cleveland fans. Yeah, like that. That area yes. is—they're serious and really protective about their about their teams. They don't mess around. They keep do not it, mess around. Keep it on that page, though, not my Instagram page. Just, <laughs> that's all I ask. Just do it on that page, not mine. Uh, fun stuff there. All right, I'm off till Tuesday. What? Going on a secret vacation? Yeah, bring me life. Going to the islands. Oh. Peace. Oh. <laughs>